Come on. They're right there. Let's go. Move, 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 move. Literally, they thought I was working hard, and I thought I was hardly working. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know, the in the civilian world, like you know, you you make your money based on what you're doing, and in the Navy there was none of that. So I, uh, it was interesting that coming off of the reserves, out of the reserves, that I was able to get my privileges uh, in like three days. By so I was, you know, by I reported into. Came back on Tuesday morning, went through all the check-in stuff, and by Thursday I was seeing patients. I was privileged. Wow. When I when I ultimately was back on active duty and going between duty stations, it never took less than two to three weeks wow. to get privileged. And so, but uh, I started uh, started working. They had uh, I sat down with the CEO. He said he wanted me to be basically be his spy in the surgery department because he said we got all these surgeons. And we can't seem to keep up. We got a long waiting list and we're deferring people out and Mm -hmm. the numbers don't make sense. And so basically I found out that they were hardly working and I started seeing patients. The, I had to argue with the, with the uh, clerk that did was in charge of the schedules because he said my schedule was too optimistic. There's no way I could keep up with it. And I said, well, just, just trust me on this and we'll see. And after Literally after two weeks, I was in a in a um, morning clinic, and all of a sudden there was no patients scheduled for me. And I went out and asked him what's going on, and he said, "Well, there's no patients in the system waiting. You've cleared it out." Yep. And so I actually I actually uh, started setting my schedule so that I only did morning clinics unless I was on call, or you know, and I would obviously operate in the afternoon. I said basically. Uh, if they, uh, as, as long as there's no waiting time for, for referrals, for consults, you know, don't schedule me in the afternoons. And so I actually got called to the CO's office because I was seen leaving frequently at lunchtime. And I said, told him, I said, you know, the only way you can reward me for hard work is time. Mm-hmm. I said, I cleared out your backlog. I'm clearing out your surgical log. And there's nothing for me to do. So I'm going off and I'm working out and, and enjoying life. And if there's something to do, they call me and I come and, and take care. Uh, a couple years ago, started paying for the billets for active duty surgeons. Uh, that, that has not increased the numbers of surgeons, but what that's done is that's May taking the surgeons that normally would be just assigned to, to hospital billets wherever, and that it assigns them to the to the medical battalions, mm-hmm. Marine medical battalions, and so that those guys, then the Marines have control of them, so that they can train them and do what they need to do, so that they then when they need them to deploy, just like I did, instead of having you know a bunch of people that don't necessarily know anything about the Marines or anything else. Uh, you know, they're, they're coming ready, ready, trained, ready to go. And so that is not a, uh, insignificant amount of money or, uh, uh, priority that the Marines are, are showing by, by putting that, putting that out there and, and putting that priority on getting those certain billets and, and the support, support care that go with those surgeons. So sure. the, the, the Marine leadership gets it. And I had, you know, I had more than, 
uh, one senior Marine. I remember I had a Marine general to his daughter went to school where my daughter went and he just caught me in the hallway one time and you know thanked me for my service and i was like you know what do you mean everybody you know yours thank you for yours and what have you and he said no he said you know i re- we recognize we need you surgeons we need you guys we can't send our men into uh into harm's way into combat without the support you guys provide mm-hmm. and so uh you know the the leadership of the marines they get it they understand it uh, you know and they uh and they recognize that it's hard to provide that support but they do what it takes to make yeah. sure they have it. yeah you know it, coming up in the service there's always parochial attitudes and parochial personalities and natures you know to the intramural mm-hmm. squabbles that we have with each other with one another with you're from the navy and you know we're from the this is the men's department of the navy maybe you'd hear that come up you you, you see the the you know the gaffes back and forth to the army dogs and at the end of the day when bullets are flying and uh there's another u.s member on the field with you it doesn't matter what his mm-hmm. uniform looks like and that was something that's a piece of humility and a, a little slice of humble pie that I got late in my career because to that point, I really didn't need a, ter- a trauma surgeon mm-hmm. and I never had a use for one. So it wasn't on my, you know, it's not in my purview, let's say. Uh, and then when you start having guys get riddled uh, and blown mm-hmm. up and you want them back and you need them back and you want them to live, um, you, you find a whole new, um, just a whole new depth of, of, of appreciation for medical staffing and for uh, logistical staffing and things of that nature. So mm-hmm. that's something that I wish that I would have got younger. Uh, Not too far. You're marking a building. Hit him. Yeah, that's good. That's a good shot. That's a funny, funny shot. Yeah. Funny.